Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. All right, we are back, and we have a great interview for you today. Uh, partner, a buddy of mine for many years, and I'm looking forward to uh, having this interview for a while. And it's yeah, it's going to be a great one. So, but before we get into that, uh, also just letting you know that Kenya's on on a hiatus for this episode. Uh, she'll be back with us for the next one. Uh, she wasn't able to make it today, but uh, the music tip for today is basically to uh, use spreadsheets to and online spreadsheets to basically help you organize your your business, your music business. Now, I know this is similar to the uh, Google Docs music tip I had before, but this is uh, a specific issue or concern that musicians have, and there's a lot of online resources that are available to help you organize your music business, and there's uh, actually a site, I'm going to put the links to it on the uh, the show notes, but uh, NerdWallet actually has a uh, great, great article blog on finding um, spreadsheet templates online. So that's probably a really good resource to use. And I actually found another site that has um, a really great way of organizing your business. In fact, I think their whole site is about how organizing your uh, your music business, your artist business. And they have like a startup kit and toolkit. So I'll put the uh, put links to these resources in the show notes. But um, without further ado, I'm going to get into the rest of this the show and the interview. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Banzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month. And includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to Banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days. And be sure to use our promo code, MAKINGMONEYPOD, to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, MAKINGMONEYPOD, to get 15% off the first year. All right. I have with me now uh, a good, good buddy of mine, um, homie from way back, <laughs> and uh, we're, <laughs> and we're and we're still rolling. Um, but just an awesome musician, awesome person, and uh, you know the the life of the party. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got uh, with us uh, Mr. Nate Jolly or Nathan Jolly. And uh, what's up, Nate? What's up, my brother from another mother? How you That's doing, right. man? Doing good, man. Doing good. And it's a pleasure to have you here on this podcast. Uh, finally getting you on this podcast. Uh, Thank you for making this happen. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we got we have to have to keep uh keep building and on all levels as we normally do, and this is just uh just one of those other levels. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations man. on this too. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yep, yep. So we um I wanted to have you on today to also to talk about just basically how how your journey has been because you've come a long way and I've seen the whole journey. So I've I've been there for a lot of the journey. So um, you know, but there's part parts I haven't seen, so fill me in on that. <laughs> and uh Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely, um, but I want just for our listeners to know, um, cause it cause it takes that it takes a journey, you know, it takes uh the steps that it, it takes to get to to where you want to go. And and there's, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns that happen, but um it's just it's still a a, a beautiful journey, basically. It's a blessing to be be on it and and for our listeners, I want them to understand, um, you know, what it takes basically to get to where they want to go, but also, you know, just to give them a scope of of what's possible, of what what they can achieve and what they can get to. So I guess we can start off with uh, um, what got you started in music, and you know, sort of that trajectory to set you up to be where you are, and just give people a backstory on that. Okay, absolutely. Uh, so. <clears throat> I guess I, w- I would start with starting with music with I, my father was a musician. So at, at um, two years old, you know, you know, I've always been loud. So I'm beating on the pots and pans, <laughs> taking all the pots and pans. I have a family of seven of us all together and uh, everybody be mad because we couldn't eat dinner because I was, uh, Playing with the pots and pans, <laughs> and everybody, so mom couldn't cook. So everybody, said, get that boy. You know, uh, my, my mom was is, is beautiful spirit. She's never told us any of us to be quiet, <laughs> and so yeah, right. She just let us be us, and so we uh, started doing music, playing drums at three years old. Actually, the church bought me a little kitty drum set, and I traveled with the church up and down the East Coast playing with the church choir at three, four years old, mm-hmm. playing drums, you know? And so did that <clears throat> somewhere along the lines. I lost my passion maybe around six or seven for playing the drums. And then at about 11, my twin brother Nobu started playing the trumpet. Hmm. And... We were studying at a youth orchestra called DC Youth Orchestra in DC. Right. And my mom, being a creative goo that she is, had me go to a master class to see a drummer uh, named Daryl Wiseman. And after that moment, I never looked back. And I, it, it inspired me to really, you know, really do music. I think in the beginning, it came so easy that I just didn't. Uh, I wasn't around any other like-minded friends that were playing. Mm-hmm. That by the time I got 11 and joined the youth orchestras and things like that, that segued into me uh, going into, into music um, uh, full-time 
and uh, my brother Noble used his trumpet case. I started playing in the Fred Foss, may he rest in peace, a DC mm-hmm. icon legend. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, started playing with him at uh, 12 years old and started playing percussion. Noble hadn't joined the group yet, but he thought it was the craziest thing because we were doing two shows, sometimes three a week, and we were making $20 a show. And at 12 years old, we were rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All the movie tickets, I was treating everybody to the movies. Let's go to the movies on right. me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, so, and so Noble was using his, uh, his, piano, his trumpet case how he started playing so I have a twin brother that's a phenomenal phenomenal yes, uh, he is. pianist mm-hmm. producer just did the, uh just did the first wise club on BET the music for one of the episodes mm. uh extremely accomplished pianist and uh you know it's had a lot of success we've been fortunate enough to share three billboard records together in the United States and mm. so uh so this happens and he he uses his his case as a uh, as a, he's using his trumpet case as a piano bench, and so finally, he, so he starts playing piano. He never picks up the trumpet, but we don't have a piano bench at our house, so his case becomes his bench whenever he practices. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so and so after the summer came. My mom was like, oh, I think you want to play piano because that trumpet case is dusty and it's, it's, it's messed up and you sitting on it for the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> and he joined the band. We both got to share some incredible experiences at 13 years old. We traveled to Cuba with the Fred Foss Youth Jazz Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And the first person we opened up for was no other than the genius himself, Herbie Hancock. Mm. And that was our introduction. And we looked at each other in Cuba. Chuchu Valdez uh, was performing wow. at the University Social Club. And and my brother and I said, this, we're going to do music for the rest of our life. And that, that's how we got started. That's, uh, that's some way to start. I mean, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, sir. I don't even think I had uh, some of that story. Yeah, I don't know if I knew any of the, any uh, some of those parts. Well, you, well, you, well, you, you probably you hadn't heard some of those things, but you, you were a big part of the journey, and, it's, and I'm so excited for everything that you're doing and and your philanthropy yeah, work and giving back and having this podcast because you were you were you were really to me that was the first phase, and then you were the second phase of being one of the goats that really took the young cat seat. A lot of times on music for your audience, what we've lost in jazz and music as a whole is we don't have, there's not mentors anymore. There's mm. there's not the older OG that can sit you down and say, hey, young man, this is this is, this is not just how to be a musician. Uh, this is how to be a man. It's how you conduct right. yourself. And you were really the next, you know, after that phase, we traveled. And play with the you know Fred Foster Jazz Orchestra at 16 years old. <clears throat> Our father, who was also in your alma mater, Howard University, yep. was my our father was the first jazz graduate from Howard University with his degree in jazz studies. Because yeah, 
you had the greats like Robert and Black, Donnie Hathaway, even if you ended up having Donald Byrd and the Blackbirds, these, these icons, but they mm-hmm. never graduated. Right. He graduated with his degree in jazz studies, and rest in peace, Jerry Allen was the second. Yep. And he came under uh, Fred Irby. And Fred so Irby, he Dr. was Dawkins. a jazz and yep. Dr. Dawkins. Yep. And so he comes and he graduates and is an icon in the city, was one of the first jazz directors at Duke Ellington School of Music before hmm. Davy Yarbrough. I didn't even so know Davey, that. Yeah. Yes. So Davy Yarbrough took over his position. Huh. He actually brought Davy in to teach. Wow. At, so that was Davy Yarbrough's introduction into Duke Ellington and to pay it for a circle, to pay it for a circle, it was beautiful because, you know, the whole thing about Anybody knows me knows I'm all about the black experience and black excellence. Exactly. And you know what I'm all about? I'm all about giving back and we'll we can touch later on about scholarship for my dad that we that we that we've done. But with 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 uh with Howard, when our dad died when we were 16 years old, and mm-hmm. Somebody like you that actually went to Howard University was a big mentor. And then Mr. Yarborough, David Yarborough, who, for those don't know, ran uh, the jazz uh, program at Duke Ellington School of the Arts for, what, 20, 30, 30 years, maybe? Yeah, he just uh, retired. Yeah. He just retired. He just retired. He came back full circle after our dad passed away and really came back in our, in our lives as a mentor paying it full be, uh, because I definitely think that he was very, um, he was very uh, thankful. That he, yeah. Appreciative. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people don't know that my dad ran the program. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm learning something today. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Amazing. Amazing. It, it is. It, it, it's amazing to see all these connections for from, from my perspective. Um, and a lot of the listeners, um, I, I haven't really told told everything about what I what I've been through and what I've been doing musically uh, on the podcast. But um, with my group, um, it's interesting because a lot of the the musicians that have been in the group were brought up uh, through Davey Yarbrough's program, and it was. Um, yeah, it was just a great program at Duke Ellington High School, and uh, the musicians that came out of that were amazing, um, and are amazing. Are still playing and playing at such a high level professionally. Um, hey, Will, through your band, you've had you've had your band that you've had, you've had Grammy Award winners come through your band. I'm talking about you. You mm-hmm. got us before we were before we were even. I think I was barely out of high school. Yep. I mean, yeah, and. You've had some of the great musicians, uh, uh, Bill Williams, Corcoran Hope, Eric Riller, my brother and I. I mean, you you, you mm-hmm. were really, you were like the big brother that really, you know, you took us out the country and we were doing jazz festivals. We did St. Lucia. We did Anguilla. Yep. Uh, I remember Bonaire. the first Bonaire. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, that no, was a no, crazy we, trip. <laughs> no, we don't want to get too personal in, uh, in the podcast. So, but uh, <laughs> but, but listen, why not? Can, why not? <laughs> but, but we could we could uh, talk about some some stuff. But they say what happens in Barnett stays in Barnett. <laughs> Barnett, yeah, right, 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 right. But you know, but the thing about it, it was it was, it was all positive because yeah, you know, one of the th- one of the things is that. Um, uh, so me coming from a jazz musician and, and going to college is that I, you know, have really been blessed, uh, all praises to the most high, God is the greatest, to, uh, you know, to in the last three years have worked on nine movies, three TV yep. shows, and have three top ten billboard records, well, billboard chart, charting songs for, from different artists, from Kenny Lattimore, we were up for album of the year Stella Awards um, last year for uh, my work on his Christmas album. Kenny Lattimore is a DC native. Um, yeah. For my work on his Christmas album, which was a uh, uh, top number four on the Billboard uh, gospel charts, and coming through, you know, the the Fred Foss, the David Yarbrough, and then and then morphing into the uh, to the Will Smith. Uh, and, and really being able to uh, have you come on as a big brother, as a mentor, it, it really helped that next phase of my life and being a producer because I produce a lot of young talent. You know, I mm-hmm. was really fortunate um, about three years ago, my, uh, my brother um, bought to me a young girl that was, uh, she was uh, 11 years old at the time. And, I said, man, this girl has talent. And, and I talked to her parents and I said, I have to, I see this journey and I want to do anything I can to assist. And it, it's paying it forward the, uh, 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 the way you did it for us. Mm. And so fast forward, three years later, we had two number one movies this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the movie Us. She was yep. in The Lion King. Her name is Shahadi Wright Joseph. Yep. And she's an amazing talent, incredible singer. She was the little, the young black girl in the Us movie, the Jordan Peele um, mm-hmm. horror film. And now she's filming a series for Amazon called Them Covenant. And it's another horror. And having somebody like you... Uh, in our life is a blessing, and I'm so happy we get to talk about it because life is like a revolving. Um, the, the beauty of life is 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 the humanitarian work, giving back. Uh, you know, every year I do um, toy drives in DC, mm-hmm. and we're actually locking everything in for our toy drive um, next week. You can go to um, lionpackmusic.com. That's linepackmusic.com to get all the info um, about the toy drive uh, that we're going to awesome. be doing this year. But giving back and really pushing it forward is really the whole thing. So going to Bonaire and, 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 and Anguilla and St. Lucia, going to these different places with you, you were really, honestly, it was, you were really uh, uh, teaching us and showing us, oh, this is how 
this is how you're supposed to conduct yourself and all that. You know, we were some we were some boys from DC. We, we didn't know we didn't know about it. <laughs> little, little rough around the edges. Little rough, L- little rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, for for me, for me, it was a blessing, man. You all, the the heart that you all had, just the 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 love that y'all had. I, I mean, it it was just completely evident to me. So um, I had seen it so many times where. Uh, you know, folks sort of get jaded and they, they get into a lot of the industry or a lot of life, just general life stuff. And and I didn't want that really to be your path. I wanted you all just to enjoy and keep that that energy going that you all had. And so for me, I and and you I mean I know you notice how I, I basically talk with you all. It was you all were equals. You know, I did I didn't treat y'all right. like any father figure, none of that. You all were equals no. to me, and I, there, there's no condescending, nothing. I just wanted to basically uh, show you all how life is and enjoy it, and that was that's that's what it was to me. So there was, I had a blast. Well, that's what that's what it, that's what it felt like though, because I, I don't think I realized even I, at the time I, I didn't look at it like anything other than oh, we just going to play will. It was years later becoming a producer mm-hmm. that. There were lessons that were learned. So I, I so to kind of backpedal just a little bit, start playing gigs with you, start playing gigs around the city, and then get uh, a scholarship to go to Peabody Conservatory, which is also mostly known as Johns Hopkins University right. in Baltimore, Maryland. Go there, <clears throat> study under... Um, Gary Thomas, who was yep. director at the time. And we're very fortunate because we came from um, a lot of love, a lot of love. Um, but when our dad passed away, you know, it, it was, um, it was, well, it was after 9 11. He passed away mm-hmm. in 2003. And, um, you know, he was an entrepreneur. So uh, anybody, that, anybody that knows that time knows that all of the, businesses, um, especially um, Black-owned business, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. business, took a hit. Yep. And he had a lot of government contracts, so he takes a hit, but he passes away unexpectedly in 2003. And so I want to say you and I really connected in 2004. Mm-hmm. In 2005, we go to uh, Peabody, uh, John Sockers. Yep. And uh, go there. Very fortunate that we had an investor who came through a mutual friend that um, paid for us to go to school because we had full scholarships to every. I'm talking about eight other schools, but I didn't want to go to Howard, although I loved Howard. Right. And Noble and I went to Howard in our senior year of high school, but. Me being me and my brother being, being himself, we were playing in. The, <laughs> you dig? We were playing in the. We were playing in the big band, right? And so we was and we was taking Doctor Dawkins' history class. Uh huh. And jazz history class was like, okay, cool. We were groomed to go to Howard. The same professors that taught um, our dad were there, and and it was Noble and I, and I was okay. And the whole bit and the whole thing. And one day we go in the yard, I want to say it's Howard's homecoming, and I see the most beautiful chocolate 
women on the face of the planet. All, all seemed like they were just dropped off on the yard at Howard, like just airlifted. We picked the most beautiful women, bam. And Noble and I looked at each other <laughs> and we said, we're never going to graduate here. Exactly. So I, already, I already knew. I already knew where this was going. I knew, yeah. I knew where this was going. We yeah, said, you, we said, yeah, you need man. to be in an environment that, that was conducive to you to learn something. <laughs> oh, yeah. For us at that, at that time, I mean, no, when I say no doubt about it. And so the closest school, we wanted to stay now, now mom. And so the closest school that made the most sense was Peabody in Baltimore. Right. And so we go there, graduate. The reason I mentioned the investor was because Peabody didn't offer us a full scholarship. Mm. Howard did. We had, it was uh, Temple. It was different schools. And this investor comes in to a mutual friend. And, well, really, we had to pay some bills at 16 years old. Right. And we had a demo. We had a demo CD. And on the demo, being resourceful and being entrepreneurial that my brother has, that I have always been, we take the CDs and we have some shows. And we have one show at Westminster Church. They mm-hmm. still do their jazz night every Friday from six to nine. Yep. Westminster Church. That's in Southwest. Southwest, you know? yeah. Southwest, great jazz, the best fish you can go eat. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> right. So we have a show there, and we are finding out that there's money due on the house or we're going to get kicked out. Mm. And so no one I like, we can't let, you know, and our mom is very, very strong and very proudful and, and, and is, is a queen at the highest level. She didn't tell us that it was all these issues going on. And it's just me, my brother and my mom, mm-hmm. my sister's away at college. And so now we get now she can't keep it because now they slapping notices on the door. Mm. And so and so it's like, oh man, we gotta do something and gotta come up with the money. So we recorded this little demo for some little, you know, you know, back when you're in high school, you do even in college, you do the little demos that you mm-hmm. uh that you do to send to competitions. Yep. So we just had a demo that we just did for competition. We even had, and well, we did consult. They had requirements. So they had like Dave Brubeck in your own sweet way. Right, Miles right. Davis. So what? So Noble and I had two, two, two of the same songs. Because he did a piano version and I did a drum version. <laughs> and so we just said, man, let's just throw them joints on the CD and call the other one the alternate version, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because we only had three songs, so we had to get six songs. So then we have a show at Westminster, and we sell between our shows that week. We sell like a thousand copies at ten dollars. Well, sorry, we sell five hundred copies at ten dollars, and then we got like five thousand dollars cash. Wow! Yeah. So we come home, and we're like, "Mom, here's five thousand dollars." She said, "Oh no, my boys are selling drugs." (laughs) 
<laughs> well, technically, oh, no. music is a drug. No. Uh, music is a drug. Music is a drug. So, he said, oh, no, my boys are selling drugs, right? Oh, and so Lord. we're like, no, no, Ma, we selling CDs, right? <laughs> so, oh, so, so, so we do that, and it's like, oh, man, wow, okay, we can really make a we could really do this. Like, yes, wow, right. we we just paid the bills and took care of some stuff. And it was like, whoa, we just did that out of nowhere. So fast forward, we sit with the investor and, you know, I can I tell him the story. Hey, man, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you really got to focus on school. I'm like, man, focus on school. I'm out here getting money. We make, we, we making money. <laughs> Tonight, you know what I'm saying? So he says, I'm going to pay you guys to just focus on your school for four years. And mm. so we were able to focus on schools where the first African-Americans from the jazz department to perform on the same graduation. We would, we, mm. it was one other performer in the classical department and we were the jazz performers. So on our graduation, our mom to say, to see the look in her eyes, we go up on stage, Noble and I, and we perform at our graduation. And what's so unique about that is that when we went to the school, this is probably not politically correct to say, but who cares? I'm not politically correct. So we go to school, we go there. There were some African-Americans in the department at Peabody that got, there was three that got full scholarships before us. Hmm. One of them, the first jazz graduate, was a musician that played with you, Joe Holmes. Okay. Great jazz pianist. He was the first graduate from Peabody. Huh. But the other, other people didn't graduate. So when we go to the school, the dean tells my mom, and this is a true story, and there's a reason I'm going to tell you this, that he said, African-Americans, this was the words that came out of his mouth. African-Americans do not ex excel in this establishment. Huh. And so I can't give your sons a full ride based upon previous history, previous history. Now, my mom put herself through college and through her master's to become a lawyer by having twin brother, twin boys at 17 years old. Hmm. So my mom had two sets of twins, older boys. We have three sisters and my brother and I are twins. At 17, she has her first set of twins, goes on to become an entertainment lawyer, working with the likes of people like DC's icon legend, Chuck Brown. Mm -hmm. So she's all about scholastics and school and everything. So she looks the dean in his eye and says, You'll regret that statement because my boy is going to excel here more than you could ever imagine. <laughs> Fast forward, four years later, he's no longer the dean. There's actually mm. a new black dean, uh, Dean Melisena. She was of the black dean, a female, African-American woman at Peabody. When we perform on the graduation, we literally performed a song walk off the stage and then walk back on to collect our diplomas. Hmm. 
as we're sitting outside the courtyard of the graduation eating food, you know, you know, little appetizers mm-hmm. after the after the thing, the dean, the old dean is there and he comes and apologizes to my mom. Wow. And he says, I'm sorry, your sons have done phenomenal. So fast forward, that investor who was a donor into Noble and I, a donor into us being able to go to Johns Hopkins, we go and do a scholarship, a million dollar endowment that got matched by another donor, which ended up being a two million dollar endowment for African-American inner city students to go to Johns Hopkins University on a full ride. Wow. And next year is going to be a decade, 10 years since that scholarship started. Wow. Yeah, man. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. See, there's a lot of stuff in there um, that I think the listeners need to to take to heart. Uh, some some parts are that it it does take a community or at least a few people to support you um, to really get get you to where you're trying to go. And yes. you know, n- none of us have done this by ourselves. And and nice. you know, for me, my my parents have always supported me and been behind me. Um, and that's I think that's if if you're out there and you have kids, always support them in what they're trying to do, and that that'll make them achieve what they want to achieve, and that's that's really a big part of it. But if you if you haven't had that, you know, at least find the community that does support what you want to do, and that's that's where you'll you'll find your success and get get the uh, the backing that you need. But that that was one of the questions actually I have for you was was about um, how did you you get to uh, the, the success, but also how did you get to LA? So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this is part of this of a similar situation, but uh, yeah, how, how did you make that transition from being this jazz musician, playing all, all this stuff, and then now you're this super producer, uh, you know, manager, the whole nine out, out in LA? How did that, what happened there? Okay, so what happened there was I was doing gigs, and, you know, had the early experiences of traveling. And so, you know, I realized I really had a, a, a passion for producing. I'm like, wow, this is something I'm really good at. And I really want to hone in on this. And being in D.C. Um, and uh, so much talent there, it was amazing because I was like, wow, I can't. I I, I want to work on the main, I want, I, I want to play at the Super Bowl. I want to be at the Super Bowl of music. I want to be at the Super Bowl. And my sister had a mutual friend of mine from Howard. I don't know why everything's, everything always starts and begins and ends with Howard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Howard is, you know, it's, it's the, the Mecca, Mecca, man. Uh-huh. It's the Mecca, man. And so I had a friend from Howard, obviously from being on a touring scene and playing with people like you and traveling and playing with a bunch of different people. She says there's a harp gig opening up for Lady Gaga. So my sister, Rashida, well, her name sorry, Talani. Talani Jolly is a harpist, amazing harpist. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga had a opening for harp. Ended up telling my sister about the audition. Fast forward, she gets the gig, does the Monster Ball tour, which was one of the biggest tours 
during that time and goes on to do the, the HBO special with Beyonce and Lady Gaga. Well, she invites my brother and I. She says, listen, bro, you got me. You connect me with this gig, Lady Gaga, who I've been on tour with. Let me bring you and my let me bring you a noble, who's my twin brother. Let me bring you guys to LA. So we go to see them perform at the Staples Center. So I got a I got a really uh I, I got a, a, a LA experience that blew my mind because I didn't come to LA just to come out here. I was hanging with Lady Gaga's band, her, mm. her role, her role, her role manager, her, her sound engineer, you know, her, her, her drummer, her music director. I'm going to their to their houses in LA and they're taking us to different studios and I met a lot of people that trip. Wow. And so it was an eye-opening. It was a, it was it's what it's what Oprah Winfrey calls it an aha moment. Uh-huh. It was an aha moment. Yeah. It was like, I can I love DC. I love it. Greatest city on earth. But if I want to be the best I can be and really do what I what my goal and my vision is for myself and what I feel, I have to be here. I got so much done in like five days in LA. We were in the studio with Michael Jackson's, uh, 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 people that produce people like Michael Jackson, people that produce Beyonce. You know, we, we, we're in with the, with the really heavy hitters of, mm. in the industry because Gaga was so hot at the time. Yep. So we're in the biggest studios, connecting, networking, built relationships that I still have to this day. And I come back home and we come to LA and Noble and I, we play music. And it was like, whoa, we can compete. Mm-hmm. I, I deserve to be here. Like we can compete. Like when we left and came back to DC, some people that we met were calling me up like, hey, I'm working with this artist or that artist. Can you send me some, some tracks? And so I was like, I gotta get to LA. So I realized, I said, okay, if I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be successful, I have to go there having my own studio. I have to have my own studio. Why did you come so, to that conclusion? I came to that conclusion because a lot of people were scaring me. Um, a lot, so one of the things is to not let people, their own experiences, handcuff mm-hmm. you. You know, uh, uh, you're handcuffed to your destiny. God handcuffed me to my destiny. And I know that now because some of the things was like, I wasn't even, I even think at a, at a, at a spiritual space to ignore somebody when they said something. There are Mm -hmm. plenty of people at at home that'll be like, oh, you know, you go to LA, people out there, they fail. It's fake out there. It was a lot of that. And, but I was so, I'm so handcuffed to my destiny that God has for me that they couldn't get me out of those handcuffs. I was going. <laughs> I was going. You know what I'm saying? I oh, was I going. <laughs> I was going. And so, and so I come to the conclusion because I'm hearing all the stories and I'm like, okay. I've never been the type of person to go and ask people for things. Like, just like I said with what we went through with my mom. You know, I've been, I've been, uh, um, I've, I've had a boss mentality since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And everything has been, I've, I, I, I made it in my mind at, at about 16 years old when we did that. 
sold the CDs and, and came back with $5,000. At that moment, I said, I'll always work for myself. And I have. Yep. And I have. And so um, you, you come in and I say, okay, I can't go to LA. I can't go to ask anybody for anything. Let me offer. I, I, I'd like to share that a lot with people on my team and, 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 and producers and singers and people that come under um, my company, Lion Pack. One of the things I like to try to emphasize is bring value into anything that you do. Um, yep. I don't. I don't care. I don't care if you work. If you're working, um, wherever you may work, and I've seen this happen. I've had. I've had interns that started with me that are now uh, working at ESPN Radio. I've had hmm. interns that started with me that are now working for CBS Radio. I've had interns that have started with me that have moved on to do great things, and I love it. Because I can see the principles of things that I learned and be able to say, hey, always bring value. So that means right. that, that means, that means that if you are, if you to truly be successful, that means if you're a manager at McDonald's and you see that they haven't replaced something, you're taking the initiative and doing that. It's going to propel you so far in life that whatever it is that you're doing, you just do it to the best of your ability. Yep. And I said, I can go to L.A., and try to be getting everybody's studio. And that's not wrong with that, because some people have to do that. That wasn't for me. I said, I'm going to go open up a studio. Bam. Mm. Go and open up a studio at the center staging, which is the biggest rehearsal facility um, in the United States. They, they did the Michael Jackson. Uh, they were working, uh, they did the Michael Jackson, This Is It. They were rehearsing there. They did Lady Gaga. They've done... Anybody you could think of has, has been to the center staging. So I had one or two studios there. Um, six months a year in L.A., I ended up being really fortunate that things started to kind of uh, move pretty quickly. Ended up producing um, an artist from D.C. as well named Maya. Mm-hmm. I, I did Maya's Sweet 16 album. And... That happened within the first maybe six, eight months. And then I moved my studio to Hollywood Boulevard. Right. Which you've been to. Yeah, that's, that's the one I've been to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and opened up on Hollywood Boulevard. And man, I'm going to tell you, man, it was, LA was, one of the things I got out here, man, I said, I got to get to it. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, man. It wasn't easy, man. I and, can imagine. Um, yeah, it wasn't easy, but uh, was really, uh, really put in a position where um, things start to take shape. Uh, was able to go on and produce um, a plethora of artists from um, Girl Group Fifth Harmony at my studio in Hollywood. Uh, you know, was able to produce um, a lot of different people, artists like King Los, who was just on the show Rhythm and Flow. Uh, on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, to uh, uh, creating uh, me and my brother's projects and stuff that we've worked on in the films. <clears throat> so I did that and was able to transition into really getting into LA and finding my way, but I, I bought value. So in the beginning, I did, free, I did free studio sessions, man. You know, you wanna be successful in, in the music industry, we, you have to realize we are the biggest investors. We're the biggest investors on the planet. 
because I, I created a song, right? One of the songs I created, I created in my mom's basement. And created in my mom's basement. And five years later, five years later, I'm looking on Billboard. And this song is on Billboard. Billboard did a review on it. Um, it's called Real Love This Christmas. And uh, or Kenny Lattimore. And I'm like, wow, this song was created five years ago. Right. And now, now I'm sitting, going and reading about it and, and hearing it and, and walking through, you walking through the mall and you're hearing it playing on the radio. And it's like, those are, those are investments. You know, your yep. time, you're, you're, you're investing in yourself. And we're the biggest investors because we make songs that end up, you know, I just did no when I did a song for my jazz album in 2011. It just got licensed for a film three weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> that song is eight years old. <laughs> I, I'm saying it, that's that's how it happened. I was actually talking about this with my students because uh, we and we're gonna have another uh, guest on the podcast next season. But uh, she's a songwriter and she wrote for. Um, uh, Patty, Patty LaBelle, a bunch of other people, but uh, it's th- there's a song that she did that sat in the in the can for two years, and then it became the the hit song for Patty. So you you never know what songs are going to be the hits, and you, you're totally right. Wow. You're, th- these are investments, and these are your assets that you're you're investing in. So yeah, Nate, man, this is this has been a great interview, bro, and and uh, we gotta definitely have part two, but um, before oh, absolutely. We, we we wrap this up, man. I want you to tell tell folks how to get in touch with you and, and uh, how to check out what you're doing, and also just you know do a plug for whatever it is that you got going on that you want people to be aware of. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. All praise most high. Um, yes. Yeah, so where we are now is you can follow uh, us, me on Instagram at Nate Impact. That's N A T E. I M P A C T. That's Nate Impact. And you can find out what we're up to on natejolly.com and uh, lionpackmusic.com. That's Lionpack Music. A lot of incredible things going on. I have a couple of films coming out that you can see about. Uh, going to be doing another, another toy drive in uh, DC that you can get the information from the website, as well as we're going to be releasing through our company. Uh, Lion Pack Music, Shahadi White Joseph's single um, in Japan. Awesome. Yes, and so we're partnering with um, Universal Music Japan to distribute it into that market. So that's coming out. That's called Wallpaper. And that's going to be out. So it's a lot lot of exciting things happening and a lot of incredible, um, incredible, incredible blessings. And I'm just thankful to share this moment with you. Man, uh, likewise, bro. This is uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been waiting to have you on the podcast, and uh, we had we had been a few weeks back, so that was cool to have have uh, the, the family <laughs> been on on the, on on the podcast because uh, you know there, there's a lot of uh, blessings and things to, to learn uh, that that we can share, you know, from to the to the listening audience here that they can take and basically convert their whole. Um, business and their their industry into a, a you know a fruitful business. So that's the whole thing, Amazing. making money in the music business. So Amazing. 
great. It's uh, been wonderful, and we'll see you all next week. And Kenya will be back. Um, we'll be having another great interview. Talk to you all later. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com to get on the waiting list and request membership. On the first of the month, those on the waiting list will be emailed a link to officially subscribe. Membership closes on the fifth of each month. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.